All right, welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of ContraCast. Uh, I use exciting because fantastic is an overused adjective. I used it on the previous opening. So, uh, tonight with me is John, my brother, Lee Elmore, and Michael Pulowski. Um, as usual, I am Paul Kwiatkowski. You can get in touch with me on twitter.com slash contrapaul, uh, where you'll find links to all sorts of interesting things or not interesting things that I do online, including the blog, Facebook, and uh, wherever else. Um, as a follow-up to last week, you know, we told you we we're on iTunes now. Um, please give us some ratings, and if you found us here through iTunes... Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Hopefully you'll notice some minor improvement from episode 1 to episode 17. Um, we certainly can, but if not, you know, that's just fine. So, um, John, how about you tell us how people can get in contact with you? Hey, guys, you can reach me at uh, twitter.com forward slash J underscore Kwiatkowski. All right, Mike, how about you? Uh, you guys can reach me at uh, facebook.com forward slash mpulowski and twitter.com forward slash Mike Pulowski. Sounds good. Lee? Facebook.com slash lee.elmore.1 if you feel like stalking. <laughs> lee.elmore.1. <laughs> Sounds good. So, um, anything interesting happening to you guys this week? I get um, blood today. Woo, blood. <laughs> and I passed out. You did really? I'm in the chair, like I was, I was three quarters full and I was straight. I was like, "Oh, this shit, this is easy. This is, I don't even That's feel exactly that bad at all." I never want to give blood. And then like, so light. And then the next thing that happened, the next thing that happened, I was like, oh, "I feel kind of lightheaded." And then I was like, "All right, I feel really lightheaded." And then I woke up. <laughs> the next thing I knew, I woke up five seconds later, and there's like eight people with white coats around me, and like four people from school last like freaking out, and they're like, "Lee, you just passed out." Wow, last time, oh, no. last time I gave blood was in like the big, uh, big like uh, basketball stadium at App, and um, it was like a three and a half hour wait just to get down there. It was oh. horrible. I had to do it because of my my uh, residential position or whatever. So I gave blood there. I'm in my chair and everything, giving blood. You know, the the guy two chairs over, like he was giving plasma, and you know how they give you your blood back after they give you take the plasma or whatever. Well, like it's the other way around, but yeah. All right, what, whatever exactly they did, they started injecting it under his skin and not in his vein. <laughs> oh, I oh, it was horrible. So everyone over there, and then I finally got down and got to go get my Snickers bar size of pizza. And the guy next to me, like we're just we're just sitting there, and I'm getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden he just like slumps over and falls on the floor. <laughs> oh man, it's just like really. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I lost the same amount of blood as you did, but <laughs> anyway. You know, if they do the plasma, they do two pints. It wasn't the plasma. You sign, sign up for a double. Yeah. Oh, if you sign up for a double, they take it out and they take a pint of blood out, and then they put the plasma from that back in, yeah. and they take another pint out. That's that the only way to do it safely. That sounds bad. I just I don't like needles yeah. very much, and so it was like a, you know, it was I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy sitting there, but um. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Considering the amount of topics we have, yeah. Yeah, so um, we're not going to try to move at any kind of speed this week. I mean, last week was kind of a mess, if you listen to it, because we try to move a little fast. Um, but let's get right into the news section. So, um, first big thing, I've been watching the show Lie to Me this week, um, and I really want to recommend that. It's not like a topic for this show, but uh, I am... Yeah, it's good. I, see, I watch it with my dad. Add a bunch. See, I feel like an idiot because it's one of those things. Like I saw the commercials, I'm like, I don't really care. But then, 
it hit me. I'm like, wait, Tim Roth is in this, and I love Tim Roth. Why am I not watching this? So, and I mean, I've been watching it for like a while. And totally John, pretty that happens watch. every show except for the ones that I specifically watch and recommend. I, I watch a show, and I'm like, dude, this show is so good. And then John's like, wait, you you just now watching that show? Huh? Anyway, <laughs> lie to me. Lie to me is very... Uh-huh, <laughs> um, especially if you're uh, if you're like me and enjoyed psychology a lot, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, highly recommend that. Um, a couple other new things of uh, news: the uh, new uh, Unibody MacBook is out. Not the MacBook Pro, just the MacBook. And then there's also the new Mac. Um, now none of us own Macs, but these are still you know obvious points to consider. Um, the new Mac is like $1,700, but it has a 27-inch screen, which oh, is uh, huge. Massive. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's that's actually pretty good. It's funny because for 1800 they offer a cinema display, which is a 30-inch uh, screen. Good so You actually get a computer, a computer plus a 27-inch screen for less than the cost of just a 30-inch screen with them. So, um, it looks very cool. It's a it's a big big thing. But another piece of news with that um, is that they're now shipping what they call the Magic Mouse, and this is partly they've been developing a new mouse, and they lost the right to call their mice Mighty Mouse, you know, because <laughs> because of obvious cartoon because of cartoon. obvious obvious and long long holding uh, copyrights, they can't do that anymore. Um, which is nice because I don't know if you guys liked the Apple Mouse. I I never did. I, Although oh, I never nope. did either. There was no right. Hated it. Yeah, it Hated was. Uh, it. It's bad. So the new one though looks very cool. It is a uh, multi-touch mouse, um, and like seventy-five percent of the thing is able to be multi-touched. You can use three fingers, um, and so rather than have a scroll wheel, you actually slide your finger back and forth, and you can move it. You can scale it so that it's either one to one or not one to one, you know, or uh, whatever ratio you want for scaling, and you can swipe to zoom and stuff. Um, you know, you can tap for different features, and it's still it's still just one button, so you actually do click down if you want. But I, I don't know exactly what the deal is with the uh, tapping, but it is very cool looking. You know, um, it ships with all new Macs and is seventy dollars elsewhere. Um, you know, the funny thing is, it looks very cool, and I can see someone maybe buying it because they like the idea. But for seventy bucks, that's that's going to be to like John's Logitech G9 or. That's going to be like higher a mouse that has unlimited buttons on it, you know. Well, either that, but high ergonomics and high, like, uh, DPI. And I don't think this thing has either one. It's more of just a slab. No. You know. Well, it can have unlimited buttons, but if you look at the thing, John, like, where are you going to know if you if you add buttons well, to no, it? Where it's I'm, I'm talking about, like, a, not like a touch button. I'm it's like, not like the Razer Naga or something. It has, like, a phone dialer on the side of it, you know. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're paying that much... You know, it should at least have a left and a right button on it. Well, I think there's benefits to this. I mean, I can definitely see, you know, a, a use for this sort of thing. Especially, like, if I were, um, if I was doing something in Photoshop, you know, and I could just jump between my, um, well, of course, actually, I scratched that. I've, I was trying to think of a use to use my tablet with that, but I've actually got a, uh, a touch-sensitive scroll wheel at the top of my tablet anyway, so... Doesn't matter. Um, so there's that. The new uh, unibody Apple MacBook. The biggest thing about that is it has this weird-looking, uh, uh, like, a rubber um, boot on it, just like a rubber bottom to it that's supposed to like give it grip or whatever. 
Um, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it, it doesn't to a lot of people online. They're saying, I mean, this will give it more grip, but it really insulates it and is blocking up some, uh, you know, some things you'd think were vents to get air in. <laughs> um, I don't know, the Gizmodo article, 10 things you need to know about Apple's new stuff, says uh, a MacBook must have slipped off Steve Jobs' lap or something. <coughs> what do you guys think about that? I mean, mine just has a few... Uh, like rubber pads on the bottom. I know John's and Mike's are the same way. Is this necessary? I'm not sure if it is. The whole rubber bottom, yeah. I mean, it does make sense if, like, you're... It's not, like... How do you put this? (laughs) This is... You know, we should probably just move on. That's all it needs to be said. I think it it doesn't make that much sense, especially for cooling. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how hot the plain Macs are on. I yeah. mean, I know with mine, right now I've got it on a base with a fan on it. If I didn't have mine with an extra fan on it, my fingers would be burning. Well, in the ours are a special condition, but anyway, that's that's the news section on that. And then the last thing in the news is that um, BlackBerry Storm uh, dummy units are arriving at Best Buy and Verizon stores now. Um, <clears throat> there's been a lot of reviews on the Storm. It seems like the general consensus is that uh, the Storm 2 fixes most of the Storm 1's problems and that things like the click-in screen are now effective, whereas they used to be not. I mean, if you've... Some people really love the BlackBerry Storm. Uh, I heard someone in class really raving about one the other day. I was just like, I, I can't stand that compared to my iPod Touch screen or an iPhone screen, you know. Is the BlackBerry Storm out too out for read? at all? You know, I, I don't know if it's out for retail yet. I know, you know, I think it isn't out. I think it might be coming out Tuesday. Um, if you go to their store, I think it's, it has a picture I think it says, um, good things come like, those who wait or something. My physics teacher has a BlackBerry Storm. Yeah. And, uh, and he was, he was talking about how much he likes it in class, and I brought it up, like, some of the, the flawed features yeah. that we'd, we'd, that we'd actually discussed and I'd heard about on a previous, previous episode. Yeah, and he said that it 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 does he doesn't have a problem with any of them, and that See, it's an updated version. Here's what I, I hear about people who buy the storm, and this is I've heard this more than a handful of times, is that they get all excited about the storm and they're showing it off and everything, and then they use someone's iPhone and drop the storm and go buy that. Um, and this it doesn't make sense to you anymore because the storm is pretty cheap now; it's like a hundred dollars. But when it came out, I think that that was a big point. And it's almost like what I did with the Zune. You know, they they check it out, and they're like, it's so cool. And then they just drop it, you know, return it, get their money back or whatever, because it's not what they thought it was going to be. Um, it's There's nothing, I mean, it's, it's certainly a capable handset. Um, but there's some things about it I just don't like at all, you know. Um, Anyway, so that's that's the thing that Storm 2 will be in stores uh, to buy pretty soon, but it's already in stores now. Invest Buy and Verizon if you want to go and mess around with the slightly updated um, handset model. I wonder if they still have the single button click click system. I was, hope not. I never enjoyed that. Lee, did you know that there was just one central click button? So if you, it's like the best clicking is right in the center of the screen. Yeah, exactly. I think isn't there going to be isn't there going to be multiple click buttons in the new BlackBerry? I would hope so. See, that I, can I'm sure. I'm they need to have at least five. Yeah, they I, need to have one in each corner and one in the center, and I think that would solve. That was that was such a point for me because it was just it was hard to use because it was you know 
it feels good in the middle and it feels like you're trying too hard on the edges. But also, I don't want to click every time. You know, I don't know if I don't know if you guys think of the same yeah. way, but but I I do just find you know you can move your finger around a little bit and there's a certain way you use touchscreens that you're not you're not choosing to pick that option just yet. You know, the BlackBerry treats yeah. it like you can hover all you want, but the only way you choose is to actually click in, and it was just too much for me. Some people like that though. Some people like cause, well, like the way I use touch devices. Is that, like my I get moving really fast. I think yeah. I would like. I, would, I don't have an iPod well, on my phone, but I think thing. I would make a lot of errors. I think. Well, I doubt you would. I think it's probably more of a generational thing. I think that people like us um, do really well with uh, eye touches or the Zune HD or whatever that um, that don't give you any kind of feedback at all, and it's just something we know how to do and something we've we've learned how to do over the last couple of years. I think the Storm, even though BlackBerry has pitched it at the youth market, basically, I think it's still and I've certainly seen it pitched in the store, it's still a touchscreen phone for people who are upgrading from another BlackBerry. And so to someone who's maybe upgrading from a Curve or from a you know older BlackBerry than that, I think that the touchscreen is a little... Um, it's It stands out as a little bit maybe of a challenge, but the clicking is something they can get their head around, you know? Especially if you watch the commercials, the ones narrated by uh, Jim from The Office. They say, wait, it clicks. It's typing what I want it to type. Well, I mean, that's what happens every time I use my eye touch, but, you know. So um, let's move right along then from news to the link of the week. Um, I found this off of Dig, off of an article called 50, uh, 50 Awesome Websites or something like that that you need to check out now. Um, and this one is called Ikea Hacker. It's ikeahacker.blogspot.com. And the entire website is dedicated to... Um, hacking Ikea products. And if you've never been to Ikea, you should find one and go. Um, it is an awesome store. You know, no matter no matter how much of a lumberjack chopping red-blooded male you are, you're going to love going into Ikea. <laughs> looking at all the cool stuff they have in there. Um, so many lamps in there. It's just like there so are. many of them. You know, it's so a... So what, what is... Kinda, I'm kind of confused. Okay, Explain so, to what Ikea is. Though. So Ikea... Is like a huge furniture place. I mean, it's like a huge... Uh, it's a Walmart for like... How do you hack furniture? All right, so here's the deal. You go in there, you buy like a lamp for like five bucks. They have really cheap stuff, but it's really high quality. So you buy a cheap lamp, and then there's an article online on how to use that lamp, and then maybe invert it or put it on the wall or something. And Or there's one that's like a soap holder, but you take you take two things from them, and you make a whole bunch of bathroom furniture stuff. That's kind of cool. Or they'll have, like, they just, all sorts of ones on instructables.com have, like, you know, take this table and modify it into, like, a wall desk or something. It's just it's just really cool stuff. And if you, the more you start looking, the more you're like, ah, oh, I need to go there now. Um, I'd already read a ton of instructable stuff before I even went to an Ikea, and um, it's just a cool place. You know the lamp and the table in my room, Lee? Like that big... The, no. Okay, the little black table, whatever. Those are from Ikea. They're really cheap. Um... Anyway, I recommend this site. It's pretty. Where cool. is an IKEA store? Uh, two miles down the highway from online? where I live now, and online. Um, That's Charlotte. Yeah, you should come down and check it out. <laughs> if you come down here, we'll go there. You know, during the day. If, or I, if I only had the time. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, app of the week this week is a game called Dungeon Hunter, um, and it's uh. Yeah, yeah, here. <laughs> it's Sorry, we all just gonna we all just gonna geek out for a minute. 
I know. It's and and take it old school. $7 art. taking me back to games. Hack and slash game that is highly reminiscent of Diablo and Dungeon Siege and Baldur's Gate and all sorts of other games like that. Um, where it's it's actually a 3D, um, not top down, but but pretty pretty high up there view game. Um, you play one of three classes: a rogue, a warrior, or a mage. Um, and you basically hack and slash your way across dungeons and forests and everything, unveiling this story. Which story doesn't really matter; it's kind of boring. But the whole point is you get to collect loot, you get to up your stats, you get to kill lots of uh, dungeon denizens, and um, you basically get, like, a full uh, PSP game or PC game or whatever for just 7 bucks on the App Store. So, you know, compared to its a lot of fellow apps, 7 bucks seems really expensive. Um, but this game would retail for at least $30 on the PSP uh, or the DS. And it's, it actually, the graphics are at a level that could not work on the DS. It's much better than what that system can display. Um, I totally recommend you check it out. There's no light version right now, um, but I'll post a link to a review of it in the show notes so you can go watch a video of it being played. And if you ever played Diablo or Dungeon Siege or something, um, it's probably going to look pretty familiar and it's certainly going to look like a lot of fun. Um, my rogue is about level 39, <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun to pull out. And, uh, you know, you can play if you're waiting on class to start or something, or, you know, you're just bored at home. And it's actually, it's not, you know, in the, it is pick-up-and-play, but compared to the casual nature of a lot of iPhone games, this one is actually really deep. Um, this is not like a Peggle game. This is an actual game game. But there's nothing wrong with Peggle. <laughs> so, um, so there's the app and link of the week. So let's move on to the uh, topics this week. Um, the first of which is a controversy stirred up by... Infinity Ward earlier this week when they announced that uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 would not support dedicated servers. And for those who don't know what that is, dedicated servers are... They've been around for a very long time in the PC uh, gaming world, and it's it works kind of like this. Um, <clears throat> works kind of like this. You've got, um, you know, basically like a a gaming site or a company or something that sponsors servers. They buy servers and they run, you know, Battlefield 2 or Counter-Strike or games like that on them, and people jump into their servers and play the game, not uh, Valve servers or EA servers. Um, what Infinity Ward is saying is that they're going to make the experience much better for people getting onto their dedicated servers rather than onto other people's servers. Um... The reason this stirred up a lot of controversy this week is that the people that are really excited about PC gaming and they've always done this sort of thing are up in arms because this is the way they've always done things and they want to go back to a dedicated server mode for this game and they want to be able to buy servers and they want to tell people to play on our server and stuff like that. Um, do you guys understand the whole premise of that? I understand it, but I mean, I actually like the idea because you know, I've played games before like that and you know, there's that one game where you get in someone's server that just, you know, you get into a reserved slot and it kicks in the game, or there's too much lag in the server itself. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I think like a uniform a... server would be nice. Like, well, it yeah. changes, it just completely, it completely turns the, the dynamic of 
these games online upside down. It goes against everything that games like Counter Strike and and you know COD Four and other different other games that started up and were so popular. Well, among I'm glad people. you. I'm really glad you feel that way because um, I think we have divided points of view. So we can come back to that as soon as I get Mike's point of view on this. Mike. Well, I was feeling the same way as you guys did, but um, I was talking to Paul about it earlier, and um, I did realize that, like, I really hate Counter-Strike Source's um, server system and whatnot. And I know people like to create their own servers, and they like to be, like, their own little hackers and, you know, have special stuff on their servers. But I, I really don't like it when I just, like, I just want to pick up the game and just play it, you know, the way the rules were set up by the game. I don't want to get into someone's server and have them be like, oh, you suck, and then, you know, they kick you. Because it forms, like, a, a their server's like a cult or whatever. But the other reason is, um, I I think, I don't know if, I'm not, I'm not sure you have the correct name on this, Paul, but um, I think when you run it off a server, it's much slower than when if you're just using um, your own bandwidth, I don't, no, I don't see, know. We're still using servers, but we're using Infinity Ward servers, not not dedicated. Yeah, ones. servers that were actually meant for so, the game. So here's here's my point of view on this. I don't. I, I am more happy that they're doing this because to me, playing online with people, I, I don't care about the server so much as I care about playing with friends online. And yeah. and I I want to be able to customize the stuff I want to play with outside of. The server. So, in, in other words, you know, what's it called? Block. I don't want to go to the the server that's you know twenty four seven block only, uh, Call of Duty four map or whatever. I want to be able to pick that I want to play on these five maps and I want to play hardcore mode and I want to play all these other things. You know, um, instead of going to a random server with its own random. Well, I know they have some customization that you can look for, but I'd rather just type that in and find one and then and know it's going to be you know up to speed and everything and not not worry about a lack of players or whatever. As long as they've got an adequate friends system, I'm happy. You know, I don't care about having to reserve a server so that I can get back into it and stuff. Um, I certainly understand where the PC gaming market is coming from, but it, it's hard to, you know, it's they, the whole point of this, it seems to me, is that they want to make the experience as much like uh, Xbox Live as possible, um, which to me is an evolution over... How PC gaming has always done it. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Lee, what do you? I mean, what do you think about all that? Well, I think honestly, I think that both sides should be taken into consideration here. With the, uh, with like the size, I don't, I don't really know the, the best word to say. Just to use a gamer term, the epicness of Modern Warfare Two coming out. I think that it's it's in a way Infinity Ward's obligation to make both of these gaming like these gaming styles p- possible. I think that yeah. having the like the controlled uniform systemized side that you guys are are saying that you're leaning towards as well as the individual customized side because I know that from other friends and from talking to friends that that played games like Counter-Strike and and Modern Warfare a lot that when they got on a server of other people who are at the skill level they were, and you know, once they were really high up there in the rankings and stuff, they had a good time getting on with the same people and having their own server, and that they would be able to play their their own rules. They wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't be like crazy hacker rules where they like make all this stupid stuff. It's just their own kind of custom server where they have their group and they you know meet up with the same people and kind of compare how good they are with each other. 
And uh, see, I um, like the I like the I think that, I think that you should be able to have both. I just I don't see the need for the dedicated I servers. Think you should be able to have both. Yeah, I, I mean I understand the need. It's just well, it, it, I don't know. You take away the dedicated servers, you take. I don't know, it 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 sort of makes it more. It's doing the same thing that Blizzard's done with WoW, and it makes it more. more um, populist, user friendly. Well, that's like, that's the thing. Is better for a wider group of people. If you're coming, easier. From, just basically they show they want to make more money, and, well, and I understand that. Yeah. Like that's and it's simplistic too. I mean, the thing is, when I'm going into, you know, when I'm let me just put it this way: like if I'm on Xbox Live, I want to be able to hit play now, and I want to jump into a game. When I go to PC, like put in perfect examples: Far Cry Two. That game was really glitchy online when it first came out. And I take it would take like half an yeah. hour to try and find a server that worked that was hosted by the right people, and it was just like I don't want to bother with that. Right, I which is why I think, now, be, I think there should be I think there should be there should be system system hosted servers that are set up to play now and like ready to go, and like all the regulations and rules are set yeah. in place and everything's good to go. And there should also be dedicated servers as well yeah. for that different type of play. Or maybe or maybe like you know when you buy the game. You play for free, and they can have like basically an expansion or like a separate side of the game. You pay five dollars a month, and you can play dedicated servers and have lots of freedom in making your own and like making your own rules. And there's like a, that could be a whole another wide like yeah. genre of the game, which would separate it out for both like both different interest groups. Well, I wonder if you know maybe they'll release a patch after this comes out to to open it up for that. Um server stuff, and I, you know, you have to wonder, I mean, they're saying that their system is not just going to be dedicated servers, they're saying they're going to change the way we think about PC games, and, yeah, you know, if you read the whole article, um, Mash Main Service will definitely, there's two articles I'll post um, from Kotaku in the, uh, in, in the uh, show notes, um, it's just, I don't know, I, I like their plan, and, you know, We'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely stay tuned. I mean, Call of Duty and Modern Warfare 2 is a big deal for us. So, moving right along to the next thing, um, we now have more details on the two, or, or two, uh, not all of the, uh, not all the um, WoW stuff, or, sorry, you were just talking about that. Um, I'm having another brain freeze moment. Um, the Motorola Droid and the Motorola Calgary, we now have the confirmed business about their, uh, confirmed stuff about their new phones for Verizon, um, and they look very good. So far, first impressions from people on the Droid, which is Motorola's flagship device, are that it is the best Android device there is. Um, have you, uh, have you, there's a link on their website, uh, so I went to another phone called the ITG XP phone. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. It looks like it tops them. Really? Let me uh, yeah. give us a link. Yeah, I just linked it. Okay. Um, the bottom one. It looks. It runs Windows XP. Oh, really? So what I was saying is that the Droid it looks like it's the, a new like killer app for uh, in terms of phones for Verizon, which is a big deal to them. And uh, the Calgary is like a cheaper, I would say it's the first to the masses Android phone in the way that, you know, other phones are. Um, a big point, though, is that uh, 
Verizon launched this whole I doesn't campaign this week, um, which is really kind of weird. Because, you know, a lot of people have been speculating a long time that Verizon's going to get the iPhone soon enough. Um, and this whole I doesn't campaign targets certain things that only tech people would really care about. Um, but uh, it, it makes, you know, it targets directly AT&T and specifically Apple. And it, a lot of people are wondering, you know, are they not in talks with Apple anymore about getting the iPhone? Or are they so confident in Droid that they're going to, you know, they're going to forget about the iPhone entirely? Um you know, it could be that this is a, uh, you know, it's going to be a really great um, business for them, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? About the, the motor, the Android? Uh, well, no, but they're, the whole I doesn't campaign. Oh, I thought we were, are we jumping topics or something? Uh, no, it's still about Android. Oh, okay. I, I need to apologize, everyone. We're having a we're going to do a side discussion on Skype um, at the same time this is going on, but uh, we'll, we'll try and get our heads back in the game right now. Um, <clears throat> what I was saying is that there's a new uh, campaign from Verizon it's directly targeting the iPhone and trying to pitch the droid as a device that is better in every way. Do you guys oh, okay. What do you guys think about... I mean, do you think that that basically puts, puts an end to people thinking that Verizon is going to get an iPhone? Um, go for it, Mike. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Everyone was expecting uh, Verizon to get the iPhone, and they want Verizon to have it. But now, I guess that you say that the, they have the i doesn't thing. Um, it would make sense since they're getting two uh, Android phones, and then on top of that, there um, there's the I think it's a confirmed r- rumor that they're getting the Palm Pre which is currently tanking right now. Yeah, the Palm Pre's coming to them, and I don't know if we talked about that last week. That's just a weird thing to me, because it, it is kind of tanking. It's, uh, you know, it, it's weird to me. Anyway, um, I, can, I can't see our particular current discussion going very far. All you need to know is the Calgary is a much more plasticky-looking device that uh, will be aimed at the youth of the world right now. That also runs uh, Android, and it's basically the... Little sister to uh, the droid. Yeah, the Calgary kind of looks. Uh, it does look plasticky, and it has. It looks like it has a blurry screen. Well, it doesn't have a blurry screen. You have, it says that they're running blur on it. Oh. So it's got the interface of the Motorola Click uh, oh, okay. phone, which just came out, and so they're saying the droid is worlds above the Click. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. The Calgary looks like I thought it would from the previous photos, but I mean, the, Calgary doesn't the previous like photos had it having like a um yeah a Crazer keyboard, which I thought would be cool because that a keyboard is really f- flat. But um the Motorola Droid just looks really really good, especially with its yeah, giant. That's screen. the thing is that the Calgary looks fine, and I think we would be kind of you know it would be kind of nice if. Uh, if the Droid wasn't also coming out, but because that phone is coming out, it makes this just look like a, you know, like a throwaway. Um, so anyway, the last... Our topics. No, no, there's one more topic. Um, and I know we're going, it feels like we've been going, getting shorter and shorter with these shows, I don't know why. Anyway, the last topic today is what you guys think about Bluetooth headsets in general now. Uh, 
and wearing they them. They seem uh, kind of geeky. Not a geeky? No, or... not geeky, but just a, just annoying, and it, it just like seems... A, uh, they seem like one of the dumbest status symbols um, we've seen in a long time. I could I mean, see how useful they would be. Like, Agreed. Um, I, I, used to, I worked for a construction company this uh, summer, and... They they're on the phone 24/7 because they gotta they gotta organize um the construction managers have to organize like all these people all these subcontractors and I asked he has this little uh, headset that has a wire to it and I asked him if he had Bluetooth and he did but he said it was really obnoxious because he would talk to people in person all the time and then he would get a call but the thing is he, no one knows he's getting a call yeah. so it just seems like people come off as rude and I've seen people who have actually been rude with it. Um, when talking to the cashier or whatever, but he dropped his yeah. in a in a cup of water when he said it uh, in the car, so that's why he doesn't have his. But um, I could see Bluetooth being a little bit better in the future. Like, well, so I would uh, definitely use it if I was a construction manager, which is what I'm going into. If it rang, like if there was a speaker and it just you know had a little ringing sound, just so someone you were talking to could hear yeah. that you're getting a phone call and be like, oh, okay, go ahead, yeah. take your phone call. What'd you say? can do that. I don't know. It, it might be able to, but I'm not it's sure. It's certainly useful for that, but I think that the vast majority of people that use those now are using them because they think they look cool for some reason and not because they actually need them. Yeah, they think it makes them look like an important business person. But they're just, it's just dumb to me. It's, I mean, you know, they, people that use them talk, I and mean, they don't they don't care at all. There's no courtesy like they have when, uh, there's no courtesy like you see when someone's on a cell phone. They try to keep it down, you know? <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's kind of. I just I see those as more of something that it, they make people want to think like they're on the phone all the time, you know, or they're that important or something. Um, there's even websites like single topic blogs that are uh, <laughs> like dedicated to just people wearing these things. Um, let me see if I can pull up one for you guys. Wearing these things uh, just obsessively. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know, I mean, I've never seen someone who is well-mannered with one. I mean, it, you know, I've never seen someone, that, you know, oh, I've got a call in, hold on a second, you know. Yeah, I've never seen that someone either. Someone will speak, you know, they'll start talking off in another conversation, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sure they get annoyed with people thinking they're talking to them, but it's so annoying when you turn around and some guy's, like, talking to you, and it's a stranger, and it scares you at first, and I've had this happen several times, and you turn around, and it's like... The guy with Bluetooth is, like, talking, and then you look at him, and then he always gives you, like, this glare back, like, I'm not talking to you. And, like, seriously, people are just so snooty about it, if that's even a word. Snooty. It snooty. is Snooty. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up before we yeah, uh, uh, ramble on a little more. Um, like we said last time. Oh, one last thing. One last yeah, thing. Yeah. Hold on, one last thing. We were talking about Bluetooth headsets. Yes, we were. Most awesome thing ever. Is in my car. On uh, my stereo is Bluetooth compatible and also has auxiliary input. Yeah. And I, my BlackBerry has a normal size headphone jack on it, which a lot of phones don't have. They have the head, they have the cell phone size headphone jack. Anyway, I plug the auxiliary input in, into my BlackBerry and into the spe- into the stereo, and I put my phone on speaker. The oh, person's yeah. voice comes through the car stereo, and I yeah. can put the phone on my dash and just talk to them hands-free like they're in the car with me. It's, it's freaking cool. I can do that as well. I, I haven't tried it more than once, though, but it is very sweet. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and You haven't up. tried it? I'll, I haven't. I, right. I, just, I tried it once, but I didn't get anyone, I don't think. Um, 
I need to try that. I got my whole setup ready. I think to I tried it when you called me, Paul, when I was uh, listening to music on my phone in the yeah. car. I think you called me and it came through the speakers. It was pretty cool. Give it a shot tomorrow. So, um, for everyone here at ContraCast, thanks for listening. Please go leave us a uh, rating on iTunes or go write us a review or do something like that. And uh, by all means, leave us a topic. I mean, we're more than happy to talk about anything that you want us to talk about uh, and put input into anything you want to hear. So uh, until next week, and uh, hopefully Wednesday next week, we won't get a little, we won't get pushed back again. Um, this is Paul signing up for Contra Guest.